welcome once again to Growing in Grace Together. My name is Joel Brzezinski, and on the phone with me today, I've got Andrew Farley. Andrew is the author of the new book, The Naked Gospel. And Andrew, uh, I understand you're uh, down there in Texas these days, and just wondering how you're doing. Doing great, Joel. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, it's good to have you. And I know we uh, we have uh, at least one mutual friend. We've probably got several mutual friends, but uh, the one that comes to mind is Dave the Maniac Lesniak. Uh, I think you've been friends with him for a few years, so have I. And uh, uh, he's it, it probably, if it wasn't for him, a lot of us probably wouldn't be connecting these days. So I just wanted to mention uh, the name of Dave as we get together here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I've known Dave for a long time. He's a great guy, and uh, he is Mr. Networker, that is for sure. Very good at connecting like-minded brothers and sisters. So uh, he's he's a, an incredible guy. Well, uh, Andrew, you've written the book, The Naked Gospel, and obviously it's it's something, you know, the thoughts that you share in the book, The Naked Gospel, probably not things that uh, a flip was switched and, and you started getting all this stuff like overnight. I'm, I'm sure that uh, like a lot of us, uh, in my life, I went through kind of a, a legalistic time in my life and you know, striving and, and trying hard to live the Christian life, failing and, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure that uh, you've been through that type of thing as well. Could you you know, perhaps lead us up to uh, maybe give us some of your background as, as, as to how all of this transpired in your life? Yeah, you know, Joel, I, I found myself lying on the floor of my apartment, and I was essentially begging God for answers. I was saying, God, I'm, I'm doing everything they say to do. I'm sharing my faith with everybody I meet. I'm at church every time the doors are open. I'm volunteering left, right, and center. I'm even reading my Bible four or five hours a day. And yet I still don't feel close to you. I, I don't feel like I'm growing spiritually. And I'm stalled. I'm stagnant. I'm, I'm looking for answers. And at that point, essentially, God started over with me. And in the Naked Gospel, uh, I tell that story. It wasn't a lightning bolt out of heaven. It wasn't an instant thing. But it was a decade of replacing old thoughts with new thoughts and replacing error uh, with truth. And, you know, the book, The Naked Gospel, it starts out with uh, what I call the Naked Gospel Quiz. And that quiz is filled with uh, some of the, the truths that God taught me over that decade. And, and, and people are, you know, we've had maybe 10,000 plus now, I think, take that quiz. And, and you can take it online at thenakedgospel.com. But what we're finding is, you know, really we're all in this boat together. Uh, people are, are misunderstanding the gospel and uh, convoluting it without realizing it, making it more complicated than it really is. And that's where I found myself, Joel. I mean, I, I was just burnout, dried up, looking for answers. And uh, when I hit rock bottom, I guess that's really the point at which I was willing to, to listen to this uh, Holy Spirit concerning his truth rather than what's most popular to think or believe. And I, I guess I'm finding that a lot of us Christians, we have our jargon and our Christianese and our pat answers that we spin, and really a lot of times we ourselves don't even know what we're saying. And so the whole purpose of the Naked Gospel 
is really to ask Christians, you know, Catholics and Protestants and any, any and every Christian to, to wrestle with their belief system and come to grips with what I'm calling the message of Jesus plus nothing. And that's what the Naked Gospel is all about. Yeah, Jesus plus nothing. And so, uh, you know, uh, out there in the church world, and, and again, I've been through it, you've been through it, uh, we tend to add stuff to Jesus. What are some of the things that that you've found uh, that, that people have added to Jesus that either aren't biblical or just for whatever reason, they're not really meant to be what Christianity was, was meant to be about, not what life in Christ was meant to be about? Can you think of some examples of that? Sure, yeah, you know, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is what I affectionately call religion. I mean, religion <laughs> is essentially a return to bondage, a return to a bunch of rules. And I think that after we become Christians, things seem to be going well uh, for a day, a week, a month, a year, for some of us even a decade. But eventually, uh, we are suckers for religion, and we find ourselves uh, wrestling in our belief system, trying to compromise uh, with, you know, what the world is telling us we need, uh, a bunch of rules and regulations, and what the scriptures are telling us we need. We need Jesus uh, living in and through us. And so as we seek to compromise, I think we find ourselves with a system of Jesus plus rules, Jesus plus religion. And a lot of that Joel, I think, comes from our misunderstanding of the role of the Old Testament, the role of the Old Testament law in particular. I mean, Paul doesn't mince words. He says we're dead to the law, we're freed from the law, we're not under the law, we're not supervised by the law. And then if he couldn't say it any clearer, he says that Christ is the end of the law. And so we, we take that, we take those passages, and we end up saying, yeah for salvation. Yeah, for heaven. But we still need the law. That's what we end up saying, many of us. And I think, you know, for us to call ourselves intellectuals, you know, when we read those verses, I think the solution is, if you think of yourself as an intellectual, just read it slower. Uh, because <laughs> the truth is plain, and the truth is simple. And really, the truth is for little kids to understand. And so, in the Naked Gospel, when I, when I talk about this message, I'm essentially saying that, you know, little kids, they understand what it means for something to be all gone. I mean, you, you, you eat a good meal as a five-year-old, you turn to your parents and you say, it's all gone. And that's what I'm saying about the Christian's relationship to the law. It's all gone. And that's what I'm saying about our sins. Because we're forgiven, our sins are all gone. And that's what I'm saying about our old self. When we become new creations, our old self is all gone. And at that point, you know, lots and lots of Christian thinkers, we find ourselves watering down this message as we say, well, yeah, we're, we're free from the law for salvation. We're free from the law for heaven. We're free from the law for justification but we still need it. We still need it for daily living. And I, I think that the, the Galatians were thinking the very same thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Paul said, you foolish Galatians, and I'm afraid he'd say, you foolish Americans today. I'm not sure we're any more on track than they were. The whole point of Galatians is having begun by the Spirit, what are you doing now? And I think for us Americans... 
when we say, well, we, we don't need the law for salvation, we just need it now, I think Paul would say, wait a minute, didn't you begin by the Spirit? So what do you need now? And, and, and the whole point is, it's Jesus for salvation, it's Jesus for heaven, but it's also Jesus for daily living. And in the Naked Gospel, I talk about how we can experience Christ not just as our ticket to heaven, but Christ as our as our words, and Christ as our thoughts, and Christ as our attitudes, and Christ as our actions, Christ as our life on a moment-by-moment basis. Right. You, you don't see the... You know, there's, there's a word that I, I often hear when I'm talking about uh, that we're dead to the law, that we're... No, even in our life in Christ, we're dead to the law. You hear the word balance. Well, there has to be a balance, doesn't there? Now, how would you address that? Yeah, I would say that's exactly what the Galatians were being hit with. The sales pitch was this. You're, you're a Christian. That's fantastic. You've trusted Christ for salvation, and that's fantastic. Now let me show you how to balance that with the law. And that is exactly the 2,000-year-old sales pitch that the Galatians heard. And we're still hearing it today because it's a very human temptation to return to some system of rules for daily living. And here's what Colossians says. Colossians says rules have the appearance of wisdom, the appearance of wisdom, but they lack any value in restraining us. They lack any value. And so what do you do with those words? You either believe them, soak them in, take them at face value, or you disregard them and say, no, no, we still need the law. And that's what I'm afraid many of us are still doing today. So, I mean, in the Naked Gospel, I guess we're, we're yanking the carpet out from under our feet, and we're saying, now what? You know, if, if the law is taken from me for daily living, if even the Ten Commandments are not my guide for daily living, then what is going to keep me on the right road? And, you know, I'm afraid when we ask that question, we're, we're simply expressing our lack of confidence in Jesus. I mean, remember, the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, the fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of the law. Right. And, you know, that's certainly enough. He is enough for daily living. I think it's quite an insult to the character of Christ if we say we still need the law daily. Uh, isn't Jesus enough? You know, uh, people freak out when you say you don't need the Ten Commandments anymore as a Christian, but really, most Christians are not obeying the Ten Commandments anyway. We're not even making an attempt, mm -hmm. because within the Ten Commandments is the Sabbath, and that's a Jewish Sabbath, and that's Friday night to Saturday. So as we write Friday night emails and do Saturday yard work, we are disobeying the Ten Commandments, the, the very same Ten Commandments that we say that we need so desperately. And, and the whole point is this, Joel. I mean, you know, you say you're, you're free from the law, but we still need the Ten. Okay, so wh what about the Sabbath? Well, we don't need that one. Okay, so we still need the Nine. And so then we begin dicing up God's law into our favorite portions in order to make it palatable, in order to get it the way we like it. And this legalism breeds confusion. Uh, and that's the one thing about legalism, is it will always breed confusion, just as the Pharisees added their dozens of rules on top, and, and just as people today take portions cherry-picking from the law, this law and that law, Oh, oh, let's throw in tithing. Oh, let's disregard the Sabbath, but let's keep the money law. 
And, and, and we do this in order to keep control and manipulate people. But there's a, there's a beautiful reality. We are free from 100% of the law so that we can be motivated by the heart, give from the heart, live from the heart where Christ lives. Right, and so you know, as you speak of confusion, there there's one thing that I I've seen that really does confuse people, and maybe you can address this: uh, the words of Jesus and the words of Paul. And again, sometimes we have to slow down to see this, but they're often quite the opposite, aren't they? Like when Jesus is doing the Sermon on the Mount, or when he's talking to the Pharisees, or in various various different types of. Uh, of activities that Jesus is doing and then the, the different audiences that Jesus has. Uh, a lot of times we'll see Jesus saying one thing and then Paul says something else and we're trying to mix the two together or we're trying to uh, trying to work all that out. How, how do you address that? Because I know you've talked about that too. Yeah, you know, I, I'm finding that a lot of people don't even address this. It's almost like we sweep it under the rug and try to live life without thinking it through. But, you know, Jesus says some very harsh things. He says some things that are not only difficult but impossible to live out. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about the words of Jesus. He says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Then he tells the rich man, go go sell everything, and then he tells people, be perfect. And in case you don't understand perfect, be perfect exactly like God is perfect. Now try that one on for size. And so, you know, I mean, if we Christians were, were truly obeying Jesus, we would look more like an amputation ward than anything else as we lose our eyes and lose our hands in obedience to Christ. But what we do instead is we water it down. I mean, Joel, here's what I find us saying. We're saying, well, he didn't really mean it. He just meant try not to sin. And, you know, he didn't mean be perfect. He just meant do your best. Right. And, and you know, he didn't mean cut off body parts. He just meant, you know, work, try to resist the best you can. And he didn't mean sell everything. He just meant try not to love money too much. And so there we go, watering down the words of Christ. But I, I think we need to take Jesus literally. And then we've got a problem. Only when we take Jesus literally do we have a problem. And here's our problem. We cannot possibly obey those teachings of Jesus. And so then we find ourselves saying, well, what did he really intend? The rich man went away sad. The Pharisees, they went away mad. Mission accomplished. The whole point of Jesus elevating the standard, elevating the standard of the law, was to show people they couldn't do it. And then, and only then, would they need the gift of righteousness. Would they see their need on this side of the cross for righteousness as a gift? And so, you know, Jesus' words are, are difficult to understand. I mean, sometimes he's prophesying. Sometimes he's prophesying about the new when he says the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will guide you into all truth. You don't understand what I'm saying right now, but there will be a day. And, and, and sometimes he says things like, go into Jerusalem and wait, wait for power from on high. And, and he talks about the vine and the branches. I mean, there are pictures and prophecies and predictions, but then there's this other side, this other side of Jesus's teaching. And we've been sweeping it under the rug, and we've been watering it down, saying we should just do our best. But I think we need to confront it head on. 
there's a purpose behind it. And as Christians misunderstand it and simply try to do their best, they're missing the whole point. Jesus escalated everything. He elevated the standard of the law to show us, apart from me, you can do nothing. And then, and then on this side of the cross, he frees us from the law, he frees us from any standard of measure, and he just embraces us and accepts us and loves us. And from that, from that, we live out this life of freedom and love, and it's different. I mean, the new covenant is different from the old, and you can't mix it all together and have this nice compromise that makes any sense. And so the big difference there would be the cross, of course, and the two covenants. And Andrew's going to be sticking around for another program or two with me, and I'd like to pick up on that in the next program. In the meantime, you can check out more information about The Naked Gospel at thenakedgospel.com. 